Hey, and welcome again to Grace Church. It's so good to have you here. My name is Tim, and especially warm welcome if it's your first time here amongst us. I want to start this morning by giving you a picture. I would like you to imagine someone lying on a beach someplace hot. Now they're, they're lying in a hammock between two palm trees. They've got a delicious drink in their hands. The sun is shining as the waves are gently crashing against the shore. If we were to caption this picture, maybe we would use the word contentment. But, but what if now wasps go for their drink as their hammock collapses and a storm rolls in? If that was contentment, has it gone? This idea of contentment based on external outward circumstances seems prone to collapse and change at any moment. I want to talk this morning about true contentment. Contentment that is available and that is not based on external circumstances. So why don't you grab a Bible and open an app on your phone and turn to Philippians chapter 4 as we finish our series in Philippians today. And we're going to be focusing on verses 10 to 13. Before I read out the passage, what's going on here is that the church at Philippi have previously sent Paul a gift of money to help him in his work. They, they knew that he was in some need They didn't have the opportunity at one point, now they have it, so they've given him this gift. And Paul is writing to them as as quite the unique, remarkable thank you note. So he thanks them for their their gift, and then he encourages them uh, in their contentment. And so he says this in verse 10 to 13. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The first thing I I would like us to see in this passage this morning is that true contentment is available in Jesus. The Philippians sending this gift to Paul may well have thought that he was in deep distress, that he was in real need. They probably knew that he was in prison. They probably thought that he was in a state of real discontentment. But instead, we see Paul writing back to them saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not in, I'm, I'm content. I'm not really in need because I've learned how to be content in my need. In his hunger, in his chains, Paul has this contentment. This is incredible. How how can he have this? How does he do this? Well, he tells us. He, He says he can be content in all of these situations in his life, all the things that he is facing, through the one who strengthens him. Paul writes, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now this verse is fridge magnet and mug material. And with good reason, it is a great verse. But we've got to be careful not to take it out of its context. What does it mean? Does it mean, for instance, that that I can, in the power of Jesus, 
easily bench 200 kilograms or, or learn a new language just like that? No. But it, it does mean, what it does mean, that all things that, that Paul can do is defined by the context, by what Paul has been talking about already. So he can be content in all situations through the one who strengthens him. Through, through Jesus, through the, the power of knowing him, through the power of having him, Jesus with him. And that same power is available to you and to me today. Paul is not um, a, a super special Christian, but he has the same thing that both you and I, if we know him, do. We have him by his spirit with us empowering us. True contentment is available in Jesus. So, so what does it look like for, for Jesus to strengthen Paul? Does he give him some mystical contentment? Does he give him this stoic ability to endure despite all circumstances? Jesus doesn't give him contentment. He gives him himself. The gospel is that Jesus gives gave himself for us, and now gives himself to us. And when we find we have him, we find we lack nothing. You see, God the Father has spent all of eternity utterly fulfilled and content because he has and knows Jesus. You see, we are not, we're not settling when we find our contentment in Jesus. It is not a consolation prize for those who seem to come off second best in life. No, it is a great treasure. Jesus himself compares it to a man who, who finds a treasure in a field and so sells all he has that he might buy it. There is such contentment available in knowing him, the, the true God. There are inexhaustible riches to be found in him. Look at verse 19 with me. Paul writes, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Your soul and mine, they have a really big demand. It's why we are always running from thing to thing to thing. It's why we so often feel discontent. What could ever satisfy us? What could ever give us contentment? Well, the riches that are in Christ Jesus will. That supply will. There is no um, demand of ours that could ever exhaust, that could ever run out such a supply. Knowing him can bring peace to the most restless of souls. And there isn't a comparable peace to be found anywhere because we are made to know him. All that we need can be found in him when we come to the one who, who meets our sin with forgiveness, who meets our isolation with a family, we can know rest. In a world searching for contentment, in, in the shifting sands of circumstance, in a fulfilling job, in uh, a spouse, in kids, in money, in a nice house, in things that do not truly and deeply satisfy and that they will not last, True contentment is available in knowing Jesus. This is, this is really what, if you hear anything from this morning, I want you to hear this. 
that true contentment is available in Jesus. I've got some other points, largely application. But if you know him, there is more available in him today for you. This is something possible for you like it was possible for Paul. You have the same God with you. True contentment is available for us today. And it's found in Jesus. We also see in this passage that true contentment is learned. In, in lockdown, I didn't quite get round to picking the guitar back up like I meant to. Um, or hang I had down to try and learn Italian. That didn't happen. Um, but I did get on the sourdough bread making bandwagon. And my is it a process? Um, I don't know if you know much about sourdough bread. But you have this yeast mixture you have to keep alive by feeding all the time, which is, which is quite a step up from my cactus. And it's, it's, a, it's a continual process of, of baking the bread. It's about 24 hours. And so while I pictured myself casually turning out loaves that looked like this, in reality, at the start, it was more like this. It involved failing and struggle and learning and speaking to people who have gone ahead of me and no more. And so too, Paul writes that he has learned to be content in any circumstance. It was a, a learning process. It maybe wasn't instantaneous for him. We are not to expect that this is going to suddenly click in for us. There will be practices involved. Look, look at verse 9 with me. Um, Paul writes this. Um, when you have, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Paul, Paul expects that the readers um, then and, and us now, we can learn from what Paul has written and we can grow in it themselves. And it will involve practice. We can choose to go to Jesus daily, choose to find him to, as our treasure, choose to find him as valuable, seek after him, and we can know that contentment. There will, be, there will be challenges along the way. It will be a struggle at times, as we will see in a moment. True contentment is found in Jesus, and it is a learning process. Thirdly, we can see that true contentment can be found amidst real lack. Look at verse 12 with me. Paul says he can be content when he is brought low, when he is in need, and when he is in hunger. We know from the rest of the New Testament that if anything, Paul is being kind of coy about his experiences here. He writes elsewhere that he was whipped many times, that he was beaten with rods, that he was stoned, that he, that he spent a, a, a night and day in open sea after being shipwrecked. Paul did not have a rose-tinted view of suffering. No, he knew the real thing. When we have a contentment based on the faithfulness and goodness of God, of Jesus, we will not be lost to discontentment when we are in need and suffering because he hasn't changed. We will still have times of struggle and hardship. Just because we seek contentment in Jesus doesn't mean we don't pray that things in our, in our lives change. We are encouraged earlier in this same chapter to, to bring our requests to God in prayer. Like lots of people over the past months, I've, I've known a time of, of being brought low, of um, 
of, of, of suffering. It seemed like a lot of areas in my life were, were stripped away, be it health, relationships, um, for a couple of months, the ability to taste and smell. Um, and, it, and it really quite hurt when um, I lost this job that I'd spent a couple of years working towards. But oh, how wonderful it was to know Jesus in it. I don't think it's, it's ever been as sweet to know him as it has been in the past six months. The one who is altogether lovely. Yes, it was, there were still times of challenge of asking God, why, why has this happened? But he was so presently there amidst the wall. What a gift it has been to me by his grace to, to take me a little bit further in contentment in him. Last week I was chatting to Kathy Cheeseman, um, who pre-COVID um, was in a 9am service on a Sunday and works as a GP. Her and Martin are a couple that I really respect. And she was telling me about her time over the past 12 months of fairly intense suffering. Um, she, has, she had um, tinnitus and sensitivity to sound. So at peak, she couldn't really cope with a normal speaking voice, let alone TV or music or attending church. And I was so encouraged by her testimony of this time. Um, I'm gonna read out something of what she said. I grappled with the fact that we have never been promised a trouble-free life, but we are promised Jesus's presence in the midst of it. I knew he was in control and is far bigger than I am. It was a learning process to be content in him and I still have shaky days, but I know his grace and presence in my weakness and imperfection. What a wonderful testimony of knowing contentment in Jesus amidst loss. It reminds me of how the author of Hebrews encourages us it says in Hebrews, be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. It can be tempting to think that when we suffer, that we are somehow outside of the will of God, that we may have, have gone away from his plan for us, that we have done wrong, or that he's left us. But God is clear in his word again and again and again that that isn't the case. That if anything, suffering is to be expected. Paul writes several times in this letter that, that you will suffer and that he is with us in that suffering, knowing his faithfulness, knowing his power, that all things are uh, under his hands can give such peace amidst real suffering. It is a wonderful thing and it's a vital thing to know him with you in your loss. I wonder if you're suffering right now, I wonder if there is um, a way you can and go to him afresh and, and seek to know his love and his power in it. We've seen how contentment is available in our need. Look at what else Paul says alongside this. Paul writes, he has learned how to abound, which means that he has learned to be content when he has lots and he is comfortable. But why do we have to learn to abound? Shouldn't it come naturally? Paul is saying that abundance as well as lack can be a challenge to our contentment. And so the final thing I want to draw out 
for us this morning is that we have to learn true contentment in abundance, not just in need. This is because abundance, it can draw our attention outwards. It can take our eyes off our contentment in Jesus and onto the things of this world, um, onto uh, the abundances that we may have, maybe abundance in relationships, having a good number of trustworthy friends, abundance in health, having very few health problems, abundance in, in finances, having enough money. These are, these are good things, but they can tempt us to place our contentment on them, creation, and not the creator. They're like seawater, beautiful and good for many things. But if you were to try and quench your thirst with it, well, you'd be left with a seriously bitter taste in your mouth, if not worse. Instead, we are to come to Jesus who has the waters of life, and he says, come to me all who are thirsty, come and drink. Our lives are a bundle of plenties, needs, lacks and abundances. But we might be more used to turning to God in, in our needs, and less so in, in our abundance that can almost dull our, our desire to go to him. But true contentment is only found in Jesus. So the challenge of this passage for us is to have a big enough vision of Jesus that, that whatever happens in our life, that we, that we still know him, that we still cling to him, that we still can be content because, well, we have the one who is the Father's beloved. True contentment is found in Jesus. I, I wonder... When it comes to abundance, there are some practical things that we can do. Cultivating thanksgiving is one of them. When we thank God for things, they tend to find their natural place. So perhaps for you, um, before you go to bed or um, just before an evening meal, that's what, that's what I try to do. Thank God for all of the, the good things in that day and try and be as exhaustive as possible. Or we can be a bit more practical. Um, so use, try, we, the goal is to try and use um, the abundances that we have to show that our contentment is not in them, but is in Jesus. So, so one thing might be, how can I use my money in that way? If, if that's how I try and find contentment, or well, maybe I can try and be more generous and give some more away. Because then, well, we are... We are working, we are practising to find true contentment that will last amidst the, the, the very up, many ups and downs of life. True contentment is found in Jesus alone. When we have him, the one who knows the depths of our hearts and who loves us dearly, who is powerful over every situation in our lives, over over coronavirus, over, over job losses, over ill health, over family breakdowns, over relationship breakdown. We, we can have a consistent contentment, unmoved by our circumstances, because we know that we have been given the very riches of heaven. I pray that as a church, we know more of the riches that are found in Jesus. Have a great week.